Thank you so much, Pastor Aaron. And what a great joy it is to be with you on this historic day at the Great Life Church. And what a great church this is. I feel bad, Pastor Aaron, that you've been sick and not able to be with us. You know, I had the same virus that you're having, and it's no fun. But the worst part is not being able to be with the people that you love, especially on a day like this that will determine largely the future this next year of this great church for the glory of God. But you got to forgive me today for being just a little bit sentimental. This uh, last week, rather last month, I turned 83 years of age. Yesterday, I celebrated 56 years of being married to my beautiful wife. That means I've been preaching the gospel since I was 16 for 67 years. And I got to testify to you, dear, that God has been so merciful and so great to this human vessel. Matter of fact, I've received miracles that are just unbelievable in my lifetime. I've actually existed because of the miracle working power of God in our life. People often ask me, Pastor Barnett, why do you feel that God has blessed you in such a way? And how does God speak to you? Well, I know a lot of people testify that they had visions or they had dreams or they heard voice from the Lord. Now, I know God speaks to people in different ways, and those all are wonderful. But in my life, God has always dealt with me by opening up an opportunity. And I say to myself, you know, I'm not sure if that is God or not, but I'm going to go down that road because I'll never know if it was God or not. And so I explore the opportunity. And when God blesses it, I know it's God. And that opened up another miracle and another miracle and another miracle. And I wrote a book entitled, What If? The book is about what if I would go down that road? What if I would just see if that was God? And through our life, God has raised up a great church, a dream center, miracles that you can't even imagine because of the what if question I've asked myself. I brought some books with us. Matter of fact, it's a brand new book. John Maxwell called me the other night. I was about to go to sleep and said, Pastor, I have read your book all the way through. I was shocked. And he told me it's one of the best books that I've ever read in our life. I think you're going to be blessed by it. It's at all the campuses today, and I urge you to be a part of it. Let's pray and ask God to bless the message today. Heavenly Father, I ask you now to come down with your great anointing. And I pray, God, that you'll anoint the words that I'm about to speak to this congregation. I realize, God, the importance of this assignment. I do not take it lightly, Lord. But as I stand before these people, I pray that you will give me the anointing that breaks the yoke. We ask it for the glory of God, in Jesus' wonderful name, amen. In the 56 years that I've been in ministry, and of all the years that I've studied the Word of God for these 57 years, I've never found one time 
where someone did what they usually do and God worked supernaturally within their life. You see, God never moves when we do what we usually do. But God moves when we do something that is unusual. And by the way, it's all through the Bible. Case in point, one day a woman was brought to Jesus. She was found in the act of adultery. And the men brought her and threw her down on the ground in the town square. As they threw him down, all of these single men of the city, they moved back away from her. They wanted no identification with this woman. But then something unusual took place. A single man comes up and kneels beside her. How unusual that is. A woman that is caught in adultery, every man draws away from her. They didn't want to be associated with her. Maybe people would thought they were the one caught in the act of adultery. But one man knelt next to her. His name was Jesus. And as he knelt next to her, he identified with her. What would people think that are passing by? Maybe they thought he was the one that was caught in adultery with her, and he would be stoned. But this young man reached down, and with his finger, he began to write in the dust of the ground. I don't know what he wrote. A lot of supposition has been given of what might have been in the dust that he wrote. But the men soon disappeared. And only Jesus and the woman are there. And he said to the woman, where are your accusers? And he said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. How unusual was that? The usual is for everyone to take stones and bash her to death. But when the unusual happened, that's when God moves. Now today, if you leave this room and you do what you've always done in the past, the usual, you will only have an extension of what you already have. But if you leave this building determined to do the unusual, you'll move into the supernatural power of God in your life. I truly believe that right now, the angels in heaven are looking down upon this service, waiting to see what this congregation is about to do. I believe that God in heaven is saying, if this group will just do something unusual, then I will move within their life. You see, God is a responder God. He always says the first move is up to you. He said, if my people, which are called by name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. The first part is our part, but the hearing from heaven is God's book. God is a responder God. He said, ask, that's our part, and you shall receive, that's God's part. He said, knock, it shall be open, that's our part, the opening is God's part. He said, give, that's our part, and it shall be given unto you.
I hope you're understanding what I'm saying to do because what I'm saying will move the hand of God. Now the Bible says that we are people that are different than the world. When we find a lady that is caught in the act of adultery, we don't condemn her to death. We start a ministry to introduce her to the life of Christ. When we find somebody who's poor, we don't walk by on the other side of the street. We reach out and provide food for them. When we find somebody that's failed and gone into sin, we develop ministries to restore them. But let's take another step. People who have blind eyes have eyes that are very sensitive. And Jesus one day comes down the road when a man cries out, I'm blind, I need to be healed. And Jesus said, okay, can I rub mud in your eyes? Well, the average blind man would say, get away from me. You are a crazy man. People are laughing now while Jesus makes a little mud paste and he places it in his eyes. People begin to say, what a fool. How foolish this is. Then Jesus said, I want you to go and wash your eyes in the pool of Salome. And when they did, when he did, his eyes were open. Now, if he would have done what usually blind men do, he would have not allowed Jesus to put the mud in his eyes and certainly would not have gone and washed in the old muddy river for the blind eyes to be healed. But instead he did the unusual. And God moved and this man could see. But there's also another time in the Bible when the man of God, the preacher, came upon the man, could not speak. He had a dumb spirit. And so the man of God said, can I put my finger in your mouth? Now, I'm not recommending you to do that when you go on the street to witness to somebody. But he took his finger and placed it in the man's mouth. And the man was instantly healed. How unusual that is. But I want to say to you, when you enter into the unusual, that's when God can do the supernatural power working of God within your life. But now I want to bring you to the heart of this message. There's a story in the Bible that is truly miraculous. It's one of my favorite stories. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 4. It's a story, but before I get into the story, let me tell you what was usual. It was usual for a family to come and offer a sacrifice at a certain time of the year. It was usual that they would bring one goat or bullock or lamb. The most they would bring would be two sacrifices. That was the norm. That was the usual. But Solomon turned up at the day of sacrifice during the year, and he comes and he does something very unusual. Let me read it to you. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 4. Now the king went to Gilead to sacrifice there. 
For that was a great high place. And Solomon offered 1,000 burnt offerings upon the altar. Can you imagine these priests? Families are bringing one, at the most, two sacrifices. They're putting them on the altar. But all of a sudden, he looks up and he hears a sound. It sounds like an earthquake. He looks in the distance and there's a dark cloud, a, a dust cloud. And suddenly, Solomon shows up with 1,000 sacrifices. Can you imagine? Never before in the history of the world had an offering been made like this offering. Very unusual. The priest didn't know what to do. The lambs and the goats and the bullocks, they just kept coming. And everybody must have thought, Solomon has destroyed himself financially. He's poor now because you can only offer the best of your herds for a sacrifice to be made. But look what God said that night to Solomon after he had made a thousand sacrifices. Verse 5. Again, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. Don't miss this. And God said, Ask what I shall give you. How unusual. Usually when God speaks to us, He asks us to do something. But when the unusual sacrifice was made, God comes to Solomon and He says, what can I do for you? Ask me, what can I do for you? You see, when we do the unusual, the unusual is done by God. Now remember, Solomon gave up 1,000 sacrifice. Everybody thinks now, poor old Solomon, he's poorer than usual. But two years later, when they dedicated the temple, let me read to you from First Kings chapter 8 and verse 30, uh, 63. Two years later, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offering, which he offered to the Lord 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. He gave to the dedication of the temple. That's 142,000 sheep sacrifice. And today some of you are praying and God's speaking to you about giving the most unusual offering, maybe to this miracle offering that is received during the year, the most unusual offering that you've ever given. Let me give you a few illustrations of how this has worked in our life. Many of you know about the LA Dream Center how God has raised it up and blessed it in such a great way. It's a beautiful place that God is moving, 16 stories high, 1,400 rooms in this place. People from every station of life, out of drugs and alcohol and all kinds of afflictions, gang members, human trafficking girls, they fill the place. In any given day, about 700 people live at the Dream Center. But my church in Phoenix got a little jealous. 
They kept saying, Pastor, we want a Dream Center in Phoenix. Now, folks, to be honest with you, I didn't want a Dream Center in Phoenix because I was a guy that had to raise the funds for it. And for 26 years, I've gone out like I am today. And whatever was given for us as a love offering went right to the L.A. Dream Center. I couldn't do that for two places. But they kept pressuring me. Pastor, we need a dream center. We've got all the same symptoms that they have in L.A. We need a dream center. And they pushed me and pushed me. So finally one day I gave in. And I said, we have found a beautiful infancy hotel. We can bring about 400 people to this place. They want $4 million, a little over $4 million. And in four weeks, I announced we're going to receive an offering to put down and to buy this place. I'd like to have it built debt-free, but I know $4 million would be a lot of money. Now, remember, this was not a stewardship campaign. I just made an announcement. In four weeks, I want you to pray about what you're going to give because we're receiving the miracle offering. Well, the first week, I was going to preach on faith. Well, that day as I got up to preach, I looked out. In the audience, there was a pastor from Indonesia. I'd preached for him in his great church. He was building a building that would see 20,000 people. The roof was on when I was there, but they had run out of money. They couldn't borrow any more money, and it sat there vacant. As I looked out in the audience, God spoke to me. Realizing that I had an offering for Sunday, but God spoke to me and said, I want you to do something unusual, something you've never been before. I want you to give your entire love offering, your entire tithe. I want you to give it to them. Now, folks, we don't have money in the bank. We live from week to week. And I thought to myself, how are we going to survive if I give him all of the tithe that comes in today? But I did. And it was over $300,000. I thought, well, I got three more Sundays before my miracle offering. But the next week, the tsunami hit in Indonesia. And the people came to church and said, Pastor, we got to do something. We got to take up an offering for the tsunami. Now, folks, I didn't want to take up an up offering for the tsunami. I had my own tsunami that was coming up in three weeks, that building for the Dream Center. But at the end of the service, I said, we need to take up an offering for the tsunami. The offering was passed, and over $300,000 in just an offering was given. I said to myself, I've destroyed my offering now. We'll, we'll never get enough to even make the down payment on the Phoenix Dream Center. So the last Sunday, I just kind of preached a sermon at the end of it. I said, if you want to give to the miracle offering for the building, fine. My faith was all gone. I thought all the people had given all their money. That afternoon, I went out and played golf with my son. When the phone rang and someone said, Pastor Barnett, would you like to know? We just counted the offering up. Would you like to know what it is for the Dream Center? And I said, no. My faith was low. I didn't want to ruin my day. They said the offering 
cash offering was a million six hundred thousand dollars. And you didn't even ask people to pledge, but they pledged on their own over two million dollars. And the next Monday, a man who had watched me on the internet sent a million dollars, and we had enough money to buy for the glory of God. We did the unusual sacrifice. And when we did the unusual, then God moved miraculously and did what we thought was impossible. Another time at our church, you might remember when the Karina hit in Louisiana. And Matthew came to me at the Dream Center and said, Dad, I, I want to bring 300 of those people out to live at the Dream Center. And I said, son, we don't have room. All of our rooms are filled. He said, well, we can get everybody to triple bunk and we'll have enough space. I said, how are we going to get 300 people out here? It's going to cost us a lot of money. We begin to check. And it was going to take several thousand dollars for each bus to bring 300 families out. I said, son, we don't have the money. He said, dad, I've heard you preach that money follows ministry. I just hate it when they use my preaching against me. So I didn't want to destroy his faith. And I said, well, okay. And the very next week, a man walked in who said he was from the Kabbalah religion. He heard about what we wanted to do, and he was going to charter private jets to bring the people from New Orleans. Well, when they began to come, we were the only people in California that were taking people this far away. So we became like the darling of L.A. And the newspaper came out, and the uh, television networks, and all the major networks came out. The Red Cross and Salvation Army set up their stations there. And every time a plane landed with these refugees, they carried the story on the newspaper and on television. Well, God began to move. Churches began to send money. Dr. Cho from Seoul, Korea heard about it and sent $100,000. The Four Square Denomination sent $100,000. TBN heard about it, sent $200,000. Daystar heard what TBN had done, and they sent $200,000. And Evangelist Morsarello came and visited the Dream Center and said, how much would it cost to finish one of these floors so you could bring more of these people? I said, about a million dollars. He said, I'll give you a million dollars. National television began to show up. CNN came, Inside Edition did a story. CBS, NBC, Good Morning America, Lou Dobbs did a story. God began to send people in. Dr. Phil showed up and did two shows right from the Dream Center. Movie stars began to show up. Ben Stiller, Nicole Ritchie, politicians showed up. Patty Reagan, Marie Survivor, Senator Kyle. Sports personalities showed up. Magic Johnson showed up and gave Starbucks to all the kids and had a big barbecue for us right on the campus. Magic Johnson showed up and he did wonderful things for us. Sugar Ray Leonard showed up. Mike Tyson, the boxer, he showed up. When he showed up, I wore my earmuffs. Amen. 
You got to do what you got to do. And these personalities started coming to the Dream Center. Now, folks, think about that just a minute. The beautiful people of Hollywood, the movie stars. I looked out one day and there was Patricia Heaton of I Love Raymond. Elijah Kelly, who played in Hairspray in the movie Red Tail. Sinbad, the famous comedian. Chris Tucker, I watched him walk to the altar and give his heart to Jesus Christ. Stevie Wonder showed up on Easter and asked if he could sing a song. And he sang an old spiritual that rocked the place. And as I looked out at that audience, and as I go Sunday after Sunday and look at the Dream Center, oh yeah, we have the hurting of the city. We have the lepers. We have the untouchables. We have the people that slip under the bridges. We have people that are hungry and they need God. The poorest of the poor at the Dream Center. But if you'll look closely and squint your eyes, you'll see the beautiful people of Hollywood, the movie stars that are sitting there. How unusual. No, no, they go to the Beverly Hills churches if they go. But we have more Hollywood stars and show people personality than anybody in that city. You see, when you do the unusual, then God does the spectacular. Because one day when I was running through Skid Row, because many of you know that, that I trained and ran from Phoenix to L.A., 436 miles on my 60th birthday to raise money to make the down payment on the L.A. Dream Center. As I was running through the city one day and running through Skid Row, I saw a man on the street screaming out. His mind was gone. He'd been led out of the asylum, as many people are because the government had run out of money. As I ran through Skid Row, I could smell the human waste. I looked at people that had no income living on the street, and I got discouraged. It was the early day of the Dream Center, and I said, oh God, how can we build a church here? The fathers, in many cases, have deserted the families. There's no jobs. There's no way in the world that people have money to support and build a Dream Center. And God spoke to me and said, if you will reach people that nobody else wants, I'll give you people that everybody wants. Today, I believe that God is looking down. I believe there are people that need a supernatural move of God. You just need God to take over. Your situation is such that you can't control it and you can't cure it. But God can. And today as we give this miracle offering unto God, the future of this church greatly hinges on this offering. There will be people in heaven that will be there if we will do the unusual today that would not have gone otherwise. There's missions and missionaries and people around the world that is a part of this miracle offering will affect. But if you will do the unusual, 
then God will do the supernatural. And I really feel like in my spirit today that some of you came with an offering where God spoke to you that you ought to double it. I believe that God's speaking to people and saying, I want you to give the most unusual offering that you've ever given to God. And if we'll do that, this church can continue to reach out in the inner city like you have and build a great church that you're building. This church can reach missions like never before, can keep building extension churches all through this great metroplex that God has raised up. Today we have a chance to do something unusual that will also move the hand of God. And maybe God will look down and say like he did to Solomon after he did the unusual sacrifice to God and say, now what do you want? Holy Spirit, today I believe that you are moving in the lives of the people. I believe, dear God, that today there are needs that are in this congregation. In all the campuses, Lord, they need the hand of God moved, and God is a responder God. And so we ask, God, that you'll move on the hearts of these people, that this may be one of the greatest outpourings of love and generosity that this church has ever seen. And God, it'd be great to see the heart of the beloved pastor that this church loves so much that God has used him and his dear wife, Tammy, to touch this area and the world from this great lighthouse that God has raised up here. And God, we pray that his heart will be quickened as he receives the most unusual offering, that that 400,000 will be reached and gone forward. And I believe, God, that you're speaking to someone to give the most unusual, maybe the largest gift they've ever given to the work of God. And as we all do our best and do the unusual, we thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.